whenever you're ready. Oh <laughs> my God. Jessica. I've never been called a fox. <laughs> Dana. That's a classy name for a Harry. I like it classic. Okay. Do you? <laughs> Welcome to the Rants and Raves podcast. Sure. Out with the bad and in with the good, motherfuckers. That's right. Dana! Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. Welcome to the Ransom Raves <laughs> podcast. I am Dana Powell. I'm Jessica Young. And, and we are here are to here rant and rave. And rave. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the second time we've started the show. Because the first time, so like when Jessica and I record, there's a little thing on the screen that goes five, four, three, two, one. And right when it started, I was like, oh, I'm going to fix my chair. And then my chair sunk all the way to the ground. And then I started laughing. And then we were actually recording. <laughs> so that's why we had to start. Over. It's very um, reminiscent always- of Rhythm Nation. Oh, is it? Remember that? Five, four, three, two, two, one. one. Look at your dance skills. That's- it's my impersonation of the Rhythm Nation tour, which I do still have the earring that I purchased, which is a very thick hoop, uh, reminiscent, dare I say, of a cock ring with an actual house key with a black cabochon jewel in it that Janet wore. And I bought it at the concert and immediately put it in. I'm actually pissed that I don't have it right now to bust out. What, what about it was reminiscent of a cock ring? It was just a thick metal ring. <laughs> <laughs> I you did dare say it you did think- dare say that <laughs> i remember the first time i really saw that was like sewn into the back of someone's jean belt loop and it was when i was at my first sunset junction as a very young 24 year old fresh off the delta Coming out Wait, to somebody uh, had a cock ring. So not this show's not for kids. I don't know if you've realized that yet. <laughs> Someone had a cock ring sewn into their jeans, just as an the accessory. Belt. Yes, it was like a fashion statement. And how did and that's you where I learned old, like the different? How did you know that it was cock ring? Uh, because I was with my dear friend Gio, who lives in Berlin, um, who was. It is to this day one of my oldest, dearest friends that I made out here and was a friend and a mentor to me. Gio, I think, is probably like 10 years older than me. He really took young, looking like a PTA mom coming from a den mother's meeting, Jessica, into a new world. He introduced me to Indian food for the first time in my life, taking me wow. to Electric Lotus. Okay. Yep. And he took me to Sunset Junction. He baked corn muffins in the shape of penises Mm -hmm. and we all went over and met and had coffee and his corn muffins and listened to Shirley Bassey music and then we went on to Sunset Junction and that is also when he taught me the color code with different bandanas and depending on which pocket you wore it in whether you like to give or receive is this too much to start your morning give or receive yeah, because somebody, some people Surprise. listen to real early. Ew! <laughs> Ew, that face. You got to watch on video to catch that. <laughs> real creep show. Real creep show. So, um, you know what? 
What do you think so, about that, Dana? Um, honestly, I'm not going to comment other than to say, remember this one? Five, four, three, two, one. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> Who was that? Like Jodeci or something? Or was it Boys and Men? Or maybe? Oh yeah, I think it might have been. I can't remember. They oh, also had man. some counting in Philly, Motown Philly too, didn't they? I can't remember. Listen, this is not a uh. podcast about numbers and songs. <laughs> <laughs> The reason we were laughing before we even started and what got me off track to begin with is because for some reason I started going I was and then I go, was that Dallas? I didn't even know what I was seeing. A hundred percent it's Dallas and a little Hollywood for your uh listeners out there. Dana and I um have performed at the theater that has now been taken over by one Patrick Dempsey. Not Patrick Dempsey. What the hell is wrong Duff. with me? Uh-uh. I saw him one. Patrick Duff- Duffy. Yes. Duffy. Duffy. Patrick I Duffy and his son. He owns it? The Broadwater Plunge. They bought it. That's and right. Turned it into an amazing bar and they gutted and made two new theater spaces, which are incredible. It used to be the elephant and the Lillian way back. Yes. Old LA theater row, you know, from when I did a- IO was down at the complex on Santa Monica Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Santa yep. Monica Boulevard. Another song. This is, this is <laughs> going to be a real great episode. <laughs> Anyways, no, if you are a Dallas one. fan. Yes. Yeah. And he was, he's still handsome. He's gorgeous. Dare I say was wearing a Western shirt, kind of like what I have on right now with okay. his hair kind of pulled back. I'm not into long hair on dudes. No, no. Or he some exceptions. Well, he has long hair and it was kind of pulled back in a ponytail, but looking good. And he was washing the glasses for the bartender. That's mm-hmm. a real man. And that's somebody that's who has some humility. Man. No, I loved it. I loved it. So if you okay. want to peep peep in his windows if you want to peep bobby ewing this, this you is can... gonna be i feel like this is gonna be a dirty episode and i feel like it's your fault. <laughs> yeah i'm not trying to be creepy let me tell you if you guys want to let me know how dirty and filthy i sound why don't you find us and write into us at the rants and raves podcast on both instagram and facebook you can find us on tiktok many of you already have at the Rants and Raves P Oker. Uh, I don't know why I just did that, <laughs> I but either. I did. Uh, YouTube, join the 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 crazy nation here. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. You can subscribe. You can watch our videos. You can watch our shorts. Um, you can always send us an email at the Rants and Raves Podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can hit the contact button on that website, www.therantsandravespodcast.com. I'm crazy. Finally, the fourth cup of coffee I've had is clearly kicked in. I'm unhinged. Oh I'm going to shut up and let Dana do some talking. Jessica, it is 12.20 p.m. You've had four cups of coffee? Yes. Oh, my God. Big ones. Big ones. Wow. I'm just drinking. And no food. Yeah, I haven't eaten either. That's not good for us. No. Um, okay. Thank you for telling us how you can get a hold of us. Uh, real quick, 
Mm-hmm. Can I talk about my earrings for a second? Yeah, of course. I hope you do. So maybe I'm just trying to entice people to go watch us on YouTube. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just noticed them in the. Don't shake. They're your so double cute. Chins. Tell everyone what those cute earrings are from or those- for rather. They are, so they're little yellow hearts. And Jessica, the reason I bring it up, honestly, is because I wanted to tell you they are vintage clip-on earrings. If I turn them around, oh, you can see they belonged to my grandma Powell, who has passed on. Oh, and I love those. Thank you. I love them, too. And I thought they were so cute, so I made them into pierced. And I wear them when I play Zinnia Bloom. On mm-hmm. a new children's show that by the time this drops, you will be able to see. Yes. Uh, possibly the opening to the new show, the opening theme song with me riding my bicycle. If you've ever thought, well, I'd like to see Dana ride a bike. <laughs> 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 or, um, and also I think our music video about photosynthesis. Yes. Where I sing with my puppets. Um, will be premiered too. And listen, I'm not the greatest singer, but I had so much fun singing about so photosynthesis. Cute. And if you've ever wanted to hear me sing, if you've ever thought, I'd like to hear Dana sing, or I'd like to hear about photosynthesis, or if you have children, that's basically on the nastiest show we've had in a while. I would like <laughs> to ask you, <laughs> have your children watch me. I have a new yes. show on YouTube that's premiering on Earth Day, April 22nd, called uh, Zinnia's Garden. It is Sesame Street style, uh, Mr. Rogers feel meets mm-hmm. plants. We all know I'm obsessed with my plants. So yes. we talk about kindness and curiosity and about taking care of our planet, learning about community and how that's a, an expression of love. Um, yes. So anyway, that please, by the time this episode drop, drops, Please look on YouTube, look at my personal social media, whatever I'm going to be posting it. Mm -hmm. And if you've got children or know anyone who does, please send them our way to watch us. Um, It's the most and possibly only appropriate thing for your young children to see or hear. Yes. 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 (laughs) You you are Uh, correct. I have seen it, you guys. And I have to tell you, it is. So absolutely adorable. You as an adult will enjoy it too. Uh, it's just darling. I'm so proud of you, Dana. It is Thank so you. good. You and uh, Candace, Candace did an incredible, incredible job. Um, she directed the project. Mm-hmm. Yes. Our she friend created the idea. Like I, my love for plants inspired her. And so I, I was like, I'm on board. So we developed this together. Yes. The Broadway Babies, which one of the members Fantastic. of the Broadway Babies is Broadway Barbara. Broadway Barbara. Freaking love. They <laughs> wrote the song. So both pieces that will be posted by the time this episode drops yep. are written by, the songs are written by the Broadway Babies. It's fantastic. Um, it, they're so amazing. I freaking yes. love those girls. Um, but I'm really excited. This has been a labor of love for the last year trying to get we're two moms doing this all on our own, you know? Yeah. Cause we didn't want anybody to tell us Dana can't be the lead of this. Candace can't direct. We just kind of like are doing it on our own. We learned how to I animate like all kinds of stuff. Yes. So anyway, check it out. If you have kids, uh, if you don't force it on some other people's kids, please, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and hopefully we'll have some more new con- content coming out, you know? Yes, so, absolutely. Uh, it's not, it's so funny because it's not something I ever saw myself doing really, but like 
the strikes are coming. And also yep. just when COVID hit, so much has changed in you and I's industry that yes. I just was like, you know, I got to take charge of something here. And totally. um, I've always, I would like to think been pretty good about creating on a constant level. Also, Jessica and I are, have both been improvisers and sketch performers for years. So, I, you know, doing things like that. Honestly, when people go, oh, isn't it podcasting hard? I'm like, no, I can't shut up, especially with my friend Jessica. <laughs> it feels like we're just improvising, not yes. funny things. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's that's true. a little behind the scenes of what's going on in my life. So time. exciting. I'd appreciate I love it. Some support and love, if you don't mind. Yes. You know, Jessica, Dana's... What? What I like to want. I was going to move us on, but what? What were you getting ready to say? <laughs> Go on. Oh, are you sure? Okay. <laughs> Jessica, should yes. we go ahead and get into our rants? I think you're up first. Oh, yes, we certainly can and will. Um, this is something that is a rant against myself. Oh. Um, because I am so tired of being too afraid to just not care that I'm not going to probably see that person again and not have to feel guilted into doing something when I've received shitty or no service whatsoever. Okay. This rant is about how regardless of people's service, I still tip at least 20%. I know. Because too. I feel guilty. Me too. And I am so sick of it. And now that every single thing requires or asks you to tip, whether it's something that you're being served for or not, I do it, right? But I went into a place that I frequent on a semi-regular basis. I don't really care if it was my first time in or not. The guy couldn't have been more rude, uninterested, and seemingly annoyed that I walked in there. I was the only person in there. They closed in 20 minutes. Let me, uh, full disclaimer, just so you get a picture here. It was a donut shop. Oh, so, so as far it's not as I'm like he was having to kick you a, cook you a steak on the grill that he cleaned. No, I'm doing you a favor, pal, before you got to dump all those baked goods that you're probably not going to take somewhere for donation. I'm coming in to buy your end-of-the-day shit. Yeah. So I came in. He was so annoyed and rude and exasperated, even just... <sighs> The sigh that he let out and the look that he gave me when I walked in. And by the way, they hadn't even begun breaking it down. And again, when your place closes at five, that doesn't mean that everything is put away, cleaned immaculately, and you're turning the key and setting the alarm at five. That means the door is shut and you're now done. Yeah. I'm not a creep. I don't go into restaurants. Even if I know a restaurant's closing in 30 minutes, unless it's a fast food place, I'm not like, let me sit down and order a meal that won't even no. come out for a half an hour. No. Yeah, same. Or I'd be like, is it too late? Can I just order something to go? And they're like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Anyways, so rude, so annoyed. Uh, I think even rolled his eyes at one point. He said, I'm sorry, don't kill me. Uh, scratch that. I'd rather get blah, blah, blah. And then he does the thing. No, thank you. Nothing. And then flips the screen to me for, for you tips. to tip him. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of places are defaulting at 15 to 18% as a start. Yes. Yeah. Which again, I always tip 20%. If you're great, you get more than that. But I'm like, this fool didn't deserve 10%. 
with your attitude and your rudeness. And I hate when people don't tip. I think it's disgusting and despicable. But I'm like, when do I stop feeling pressured into rewarding somebody who just gave me the shittiest experience and zero customer service? Yeah. Why am I feeling guilted? That's on me. But it's what, like they flip it around. May I ask you, what did you get? Uh, six donuts. I got a half dozen donuts. Okay. So he was nasty to you. Uh-huh. And then he reached into a glass case, I'm assuming, and got six donuts out. He didn't have to prepare anything. He didn't, he Correct. wasn't cooking the mom- the donuts in the moment. Nothing. That's, nope. that's the thing. You know, I just read an article on this, Jessica. It's interesting. Um, that America, people are really, it went viral because a girl was, complaining about tipping for everything. She's like, why do I have to tip you for turning around and getting a bottled water out of a fridge? It's not to be rude. It's true. It's like, (laughs) that's not service. If you want me to hop over and open that door, I will. Mm -hmm. But like, you just turned around and got an already prepared thing. So it's not, you have to do that at work anyway. Right now, if you're preparing me a salad or even if, it's like um, a Chipotle situation where they're making it and helping you and making it customized. That's way, way different. But you're right. The article was specifically about because our machines turn everything. So it's uh-huh. you are put on the spot. It's not a tip jar that you can slyly stick in. Or a or paper that you not. write in what you want. Right. And now I will say most people turn away from you, but you know that you're flipping that screen right back and they're going to see it. Correct. So you do feel guilted into it. I I get what you're saying. Now, here's my thing about the nastiness, though. And this is where you and I differ and might be a character flaw on my part. (laughs) I have talked. I think I've told this story before about the time I went to Taco Bell and I asked for something without tomatoes because Weasel knows I don't like tomatoes. And (laughs) (laughs) the girl goes and starts beeping on the screen. And I go. Oh, I'm sorry. And she goes, what? Because it took her off guard. I go, I'm sorry. Did I just ruin your day? She Damn goes, it. what? I said, well, you rolled your eyes and br- breathed so hard. I don't want to ruin your day. I just don't want tomatoes. Are you okay? <laughs> she started laughing at me. Good. She, she goes, oh, yes, I'm sorry. Like she did apologize. And Amazing. I was like, I was like, it's cool. I was like, I really don't want to ruin your day. She goes, it didn't. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm just, it's been a day. And I was like, cool. I get it. Like we had our moment. Uh-huh. But I was See, like, you I don't, like that. You don't get to just be like, <laughs> when you are literally required to be there to do this for me. Yes. That's your job is to serve yes. me what I ask for. So right. don't get mad at me about what I want when I'm actually paying for the service. And you're actually being paid to do the service. Like there's no wiggle room there. You don't get to be like, did you just order a burrito? I hate burritos. Fine. I guess one burrito. (laughs) What else do you want? Oh God. Let me guess a drink. (laughs) (laughs) And then seriously. And then by the time you're done ordering, you're like (laughs) shaking like a scared rabbit. Like you're going to, you're not even going to yes. ask for app napkins. And they're like, no, tip me, <laughs> tip me, tip for this. It is a bit crazy. 
Yes, it's more than a bit crazy. I'm sick of it. And I, again, do not understand where this... I'm that person, though, that my whole life is starting with haircuts being turned around and looking in horror. And they're like, do you like it? And I'm like, ugh! And I'm, like, swallowing the lump in my throat. I never say, you know what? Actually, I'm sorry. This is kind of raw. Do you mind recooking? Like... I'm just always too, yeah, okay, me, 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 You know where I start getting freaked out is I always get scared at spas because I don't know, because you. Ha- I always do 100%. tons of, not spas, massage. We all know I don't go to spas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. put on a robe. But <laughs> but like um, um, getting a, a, sorry, a plane just flew by and my mind blanked because I was like, massage. I mute? <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't know how to tip for that sometimes if I haven't prepared before. But the worst one to me is I never know how to tip my shampoo girl at the hair salon because I don't feel like that was always a thing. Um, There I do have to disagree. Has it always Uh, been a thing? Maybe I just never had a salon. Like even my granny and my mom always... I never uh, had a stylist that had they'd their They'd give own. me a couple of bucks and say, go give this to the lady that washed her. I've, it, this is the, well, I've been going to the same person for a long time now, mm-hmm. many, many years. But before that, I never had a stylist that had a shampoo girl. Totally. So. Does your hair stylist shampoo your hair? No. Does she do it herself? No, she has a girl. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Oh, she does. does. Oh, oh, oh. I, I yeah. see. Or like I now the person I go to shampoos my hair. Well, mine will if her girl's not there that day. It just depends. But when her girl is there, who I just adore, I always tip mm. her. But yeah, do yeah. you know what the the tipping is for shampooing? Uh, some people might freak out, but I'm curious to hear people think I would do $5. Oh. Well, I've and been I only say that because 15, like my so kid. So I don't know. 15 That's what I usually tip her. To the shampooer? Yeah. Is that bad? I'm in the wrong business. I need to start. I'm not making fun. It's all that they don't deserve it. I need to start shampooing. Just kidding. That would never happen. I can't deal with my own hair. I ain't touching a stranger's. (laughs) No, that's lovely. And I don't want to say that's overly generous. Look, I, my dad freaks out when he finds out what I tip people, especially like for Nate. He's like, you gave what? I'm like, dad, that person just spent one hour treating my feet like a surgical program yeah. project rather i'm yeah. like you're darn right i'm gonna tip them well you know way beyond else? what the 10 20 percent is F you know that. who else i tip well who uh the people at a store that's called the higher path it's a happy place <laughs> they know their stuff man they can tell you about yes. anything yep Totally. CBD, all of it. We'll I agree. At that. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I'm curious to hear how people feel about this tipping thing. Dana and I are both 100% in favor of tipping. Yes, because but I've at the been right in time and for the right work. service. Yep, because I've been in jobs that were tips only. Totally. Or I made two, two, $2 and 10 cents an hour, and the rest was tips. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for anyway. finally being somebody who was in the same place as me. People are like, what are you talking about? I'm like, when I started out at Dunkin' Donuts at 14, and then including when I became a server in high school and college, the 
minimum wage in Georgia was two thirteen an hour for yeah. any type of hospitality or restaurant employee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we would make enough tips at Dunkin' Donuts that we could buy a $1 pack of stale cigarettes out of the machine <laughs> in our Dunkin' Donuts and then walk next door to Taco Bell and each get something off the value menu, which at that time wasn't even a dollar. I think our bean burritos were 49 cents each. I remember when they were 89 cents for sure. Uh-huh. Now there's nothing below a dollar 49 at Taco Bell, I yeah. don't think. But they still call it the dollar menu. Ugh. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, Dana, what do you have Let to say this week? Let us know, guys. What are you? How are you feeling about tipping? I am very curious because it's yes. an American situation. It's clearly, I mean, the, the it went, it blew up in the news last week because this girl made a yes. TikTok going, what are we doing? Some people were furious. Some people supported her. So I'm very curious to see what our listeners think. Agreed. Um, all right. So my rant today, I'm going to read it to you. This is how it came into mm-hmm. us. Okay. Ready? When you are parked in front of a business and the sunlight is finally making you aware of every inch of your face and neck and you start doing some self-grooming only to realize everyone in dry bar is watching you tweeze and pluck through the window. <laughs> it may. God. Oh, I told you I would not say it was you. Oh, it's me. It's me. This <laughs> is so terrifying. Okay, Jessica. I think this is very relatable. <laughs> Do That's you? Very funny. With your fair hair, I bet you have not once in your life ever looked in the mirror and shrieked because you found a hair that's managed to grow so long that it's actually curled like one of the ringlets on your head. <laughs> Have you? No, I haven't. But let me tell you why. Because I'm obsessed. I wouldn't allow that to happen. I'm constantly, <laughs> I bought this mirror that's this big that suctions on my, my vanity mirror. That is okay. times magnification. So there's nothing. And, and that is the, I don't recommend it. Let me put it that way. Do I love it's it? It's horrifying. Yes. But I will stop at that mirror and be like, what, 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 oh, like you can see every pore. You see every pore, every pore. You see every pore to the point that, you know, you could stick a little, those, um, those zip popper things that have a poke at the end of it. You're like, that could fit in that pore. I'm pretty dang sure. Ew. So you talk about how I got this silky skin. Uh, Not according to 10 times mirror. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing. People do the weirdest things in their car. What is it about being in our cars that makes us feel like no one can see us? Because I swear to you, this is true. Yep. Last, it doesn't matter what day a week it is because I never know what day a week it is. I thought it, today was <laughs> Thursday for the first half of the day. Anyway, last week, I'm sitting at a stoplight. There's these two guys in a truck next to me. And I noticed that he's like the guy in the passenger seats, like turned mm. to me. And I'm like, is he trying to get my, t-? you feel when somebody's there. So I turn right. and he is turned away from his friend because he's going like this. Straight oh up my his nose. Just straight in up his nose. Full blown makes eye contact with me and was like 
shocked that he got caught. I'm like, that's a fully see-through window you leaned into. <laughs> and I what just looked was the at look him. on your face? I was, I was, you know me, I have no poker face. So this was me. My left nostril was yanked up into my tear duct. I was so oh disgusted. My God. Because do I pick my nose? Listen, in the privacy of me, yes. In front of other people? No. I would never. Is that bad for me to admit that I pick my nose in privacy? Uh, I think everybody goes like this. Uh, you got to. Help. When we get these Santa Ana wins and there's some cardboard lining the inside of my nostril, you can't blow okay. that out. You can't no, blow it out. I know. You got to get in there and snatch it. But right? not while you're in your car. But here's the thing. I get it because I've done shit in my car that I'm like, yes. literally everyone around you can see you. I drove with a Kleenex stuffed up my nostril one time. Um, as if no one would notice. <laughs> uh, I will let you know that I do have two whiskers that grow right here on my chin. But they are white as the driven snow. <laughs> so you can't see it unless yes, you're you can. in broad daylight. No. Well, no, you can see it. It's a whisker. Oh. It seems like someone pulled... A piece of a broom out and planted it on the side of my chin oh like my a God. literal cartoon witch. <laughs> and I do carry tweezers in my car. Oh, just in 100%. case. 100%. Just in case, because you're going to a meeting, you're going to meet with somebody or something like that, and you got a stray eyebrow that's like right here, and you're like, why? why? And also, uh -huh. why haven't I seen it? Uh, 10 times mirror? Uh, <laughs> you got that. You got any kind of whisker. You got like a dry piece of skin you, you can't get with your fingers. Yes. You, it's flaking off your face. You got to do it. But you got to do it somewhere where there's not people. Not in front of the dry bar where ladies go to feel special and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so out of control. <sighs> I change clothes in my car. Yes. I put on makeup in the car. You know what car. I used to do? So trashy when I was still um, smoking in secret uh -huh. long before I quit when Alan and I promised that we were both quitting about 13 years ago, uh -huh. he had quit. And so I would be like on the way home from the theater and I'd be like, I'm going to have one more. And I would drive around my neighborhood for like 30 minutes, chain smoking, like a freaking maniac. And then I knew I'm like, oh my God, he always says he can smell it on me. I would stop and I would literally bathe myself in orange blossom home fragrance from Antica Pharmacista, this house spray we used to carry where I worked. And I would brush my teeth out the window and people would drive by. And I always kept water and a toothbrush and toothpaste in my car and would brush my teeth and gargle and spit it all out, out the window of my car. So I could then go home and try to, fool my husband into thinking I didn't smoke anymore. I'm sure it didn't fool him. No. Yeah. Uh, well, that's like the time when I was in college and I was living with my best friend at the time. Uh, my parents stopped by the house and we were both smoking and they were at the glass door. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I handed her my cigarette and my parents came in and she's like, 
sorry. I always like to smoke too. As if a grown adult would ever believe that. <laughs> That's. And I remember afterwards saying to her, like, why didn't you oh just God. sneak away and drop one in the kitchen sink or something? Uh-huh. Like, who's going to believe I always like to smoke? <laughs> <laughs> so typical of being caught off guard. And that's just instant. You're just like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm just going to say that you smoke. You. <laughs> <laughs> I got when I got my own place. And actually, I think she was living with me at my own place. We oh were smoking God. in that in the. The no windows, no open windows duplex. Yes. And my parents came to the door and we were swinging couch pillows around like, like we were giant human fans as if blowing the the smoke throughout the entire house was going to keep it from smelling like smoke. (laughs) Did you ever uh, use the old uh, stuffed paper towel tube? Stuffed so paper. in college, uh huh, in my dorm, my freshman uh-huh. year, we would. This is all nonsense, and it didn't help anything. But psychologically, we thought it would. We would wet a towel uh-huh. and put it along the under the door, door jam, uh huh. And then nothing happened while you were smoking the cigarette or weed. I was billowing around the room, but when we would exhale, what we inhaled, we would go. <laughs> And blow it out through a empty paper towel roll that was stuffed with fabric softener sheets. Did it work? Well, it like sprayed that fragrance into the air. I'm sure you could but still did smell it the smell smoke fragrance. I don't know because I was always in that locked room with a wet towel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know how it smelled down the hall to the others. I was always well, guilty of being one of the ones inside that room. Well, let me praise you because I think you've come a long way. Thank you. It is a little dumb to think that that might work. Maybe it helped, but but now you have graduated to just plucking chin hairs or whatever in your car. And I think that's good because that's understandable. The smoking one is not understandable. <laughs> it is oh. true, though. I feel like for some reason that some... FBI level uh, invisibility thing covers my car when I'm in some. I dance. I see. I told you I played drums on the thing. And Dan Tipton was driving ahead of me. We were uh, tandem driving. What do you call that? Wagon wheeling. What do you call that? Sure. I don't know. Wagon. Where you're together, driving together, but not in the same car. Following. Yes, but a caravanning. <laughs> a caravan. Oh, caravan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, well, it's just a side. Camel thing. car. Who, who's counting? Did you say camel? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> we were caravanning. And he goes, do you know that you look like a legitimately crazy person? Like your I love that he said your, that. You're bouncing. You're going like, like all I see in the rearview mirror is a human being just going like this. And I was like, good, nobody will mess with me. (laughs) Dan is a very polite man, so I love that he felt okay telling you that, because that is hilarious. And I'm picturing him driving along and looking up in the rear view and seeing that. Do you notice that my blink rate has gone up? (laughs) He might be very polite to you. 
I would say, if he's that polite, why do I have to scream across the house? Stop farting on the couch. I he's gonna, am he's never going to listen to this, and you guys better not message him because I will track you down. <laughs> he would die if he knew that you just said he would die. That. Absolutely well, die. But the thing is, most people go, oh, Dana, you can't have a zero tolerance fart policy in your house. The F I can't. <laughs> I'll text him. I can hear you farting. Stop it. <laughs> I can't free. Okay, we should move on. You are out of control. Well, what a perfect time to breathe in some goodness. Crazy. Sorry about that. How did I turn you doing something in your car to Dan Tipton better not fart and you better not tell him I said that? How did we get there? What's that workflow look like? <laughs> oh my god! One of the staples of our shows, y'all. Let's get serious. Is a cleansing breath. <laughs> so we like to get out all the angsty feelings, all the aggravation, all the mm-hmm. clear baggage we have about farting in our house. We like to take a deep breath in, <laughs> blow it all out. Not like this, but just through an open hole in your mouth. <laughs> okay. Wow. If you can scream it out, guys, it's going to help release some tension in your body. But scientifically, even if you just take this time to breathe with us, you're going to feel better. Okay? So Mm -hmm. let's take a deep breath in. And. uh, I know. You're not already watching us. I know everyone parts, Jessica. It doesn't mean it's acceptable. If you're not already watching us, you should know that I am still that person I was as a kid where I'm watching Dana to see what she does. And I keep my eyes wide open and Dana looks very breath? zen and peaceful. Uh-huh. You're, you're staring like, at me during our... And, uh, I and close like my eyes. <sighs> I never do. <laughs> Are you an open eye kisser? That's like you're kissing uh, me with your eyes wide open. I'm like this. No, you're not. Yeah, sometimes I open my eyes. Well, I, I know what it. my rant's going to be next week. <laughs> Why would you open your eyes? What are you looking at? I just like to look at everything. Okay? I am you a need weirdo to be, like that. You need to be in the moment. I get that from my dad. I'm a bit of a peeper. No, I'm not a creepy peeping Tom. But no, I like to observe things with my eyes. No, I do too. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> maniac like i need to stop myself today i am sorry you guys like i said i am really ripped and raring to go and supercharged with this you caffeine. didn't tell on your husband farting in, on the couch <laughs> so i think you're perfectly fine well dana mm-hmm. this is a really really perfect segue into my corner great this is an animal instincts mm-hmm. this is sent to us by longtime friend and Longtime listener, our friend Sarah. I'm calling this one Buzz Off. I just, I just, I, I haven't read everything on the outline. I, I didn't mm-hmm. read your corner, but I'm, but I see some key words that are really upsetting. Yes, me. Let, go ahead. 
Well, the picture is going to make your eyes pop out. Oh, no. This comes to us from LiveScience.com by Charles Choi. Glassy winged sharpshooters, it's a type of insect, Mm -hmm. rapidly fire their pee out of butt catapults. So this is see that that little drop of pee. Uh huh. Yeah, I don't know if people can see it, but there is a very visible, large ball of pee pee hanging Uh from the back of that butt, like a dew drop. Correct. This exquisite variegated green and yellow flying insect. Very pretty. Not the biggest fan of flying insects, unless they're those magic scarab beetles and emeralds green that come around once a year. Oh my God. Or the gold ones. Have you seen those? Uh, They're incredible. And they actually scare the daylights out of me because they do sound like a large military helicopter is buzzing right past your ear. Oh yeah. The big one, the gene bugs. It's like like, (laughs) Japanese beetles out here. What'd you call them? Beautiful. What'd you call Uh, it? Scarabs. Yeah. The mummy. Oh yeah. Or uh, we had June bugs, but some people call them something else out here. We, they call them Japanese beetles. Anyway, they're beautiful. I don't know why I got them. I love them. Relatives of cicadas known as sharpshooter insects can catapult pea droplets at super fast speeds, revealing the first known example of, Super propulsion in nature, a new study finds. This newly discovered effect helps the bug save energy during peeing and may inspire better self-cleaning devices and soft robotic engines, scientists noted. Wait, I, I just want to pause for one second and ask, how are they saving energy during peeing? How much energy are you? I go sit on the toilet and let the pee-pees fall out my body. It's not yep. that energy <laughs> and you're having to use some energy to fling it are you not in the new study <laughs> researchers examined relatives of cicadas these insects which are about half an inch the glassy wing sharpshooters feed on sap from xylem the woody part of a plant that brings water and dissolve nutrients up from the roots as opposed to the phloem which brings sugar down from the leaves zinnia might be uh doing an episode on sharpshooters let me tell you maybe probably not <laughs> <laughs> The sharpshooter's diet is 95% water and poor in nutrients. So the bugs constantly drink xylem sap to get enough to eat and pee up to 300 times their body weight per day. For comparison, humans pee about 140th of our body weight. Ah, my God. They're like little. It's crazy. They're pee hoses. Right? (laughs) Although much is known about the mechanics of eating, a great deal remains unknown about the physics of excretion, the researchers noted. They focused on sharpshooters to see if their small bodies evolved any clever innovations to contend with constantly peeing leafhopper rain. Don't know what that means. Mm -mm. I saw these insects peeing once and fell in love. Study senior author. Worst quote. (laughs) A biophysicist at Georgia Tech in Atlanta told live science go yellow jackets <laughs> the scientists use high-speed videos and microscopy to analyze a structure at the sharpshooter's tail end technically named the anal stylus 
or well, uh called it a butt flicker. Nope. I'm going to go anal stylus. Much more classy. <laughs> when the bug is ready to pee, the stylus flexes downward to make room as the bug squeezes out a droplet of urine. When the drop reaches an optimal size, the stylus bends down even more, and then, like the flippers of a pinball machine, launches the droplet, accelerating more than 40 Gs, 10 times higher than the fastest sports cars. That's crazy. The researchers found that the stylus travels at up to 0.75 feet per second. However, the catapulted droplets fly about 40% faster at up to 1.05 feet per second. The discovery reveals that an effect called super propulsion, previously seen only in artificial settings, is happening. With super propulsion, an elastic projectile moves faster than its launch pad does because of an energy boost it receives from syncing its motions with that of its launch pad. Like a diver timing their jump off a springboard. You guys, there's a lot to unpack with this super propulsion. I think you get the drift. What? But but why do they do it? Why can't they just pee like wherever they are? It uh, helps them exert less energy. I'm going to imagine that maybe they need to be doing some more studying on hummingbirds and see how we can help those sweet little things so that they, they aren't pee-pee? dropping dead. No, because of how much energy they have to exert to flap their wings at that speed that's why they're constantly like looking for nectar or trying to swoop in on flowering trees and plants they have to be eating all the time that's why if you ever put out a hummingbird feeder and why i never have because i would feel too guilty they become dependent on that source they do and they're expecting it so then when it's dry and it's not there they can die so i can't go out of town and then be like oh my god I came home to an empty nectar feeder and look what I've done. Okay. But so you want us to catapult hummingbirds? <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. <laughs> These creatures clearly need help saving their energy. Okay. Okay. Now I know how there's a connection. Now I see the thread. <laughs> I see the tendril. I was like, does she want to throw hummingbirds? I don't understand. <laughs> no. That and I don't want to throw pee or anything else for that. Fascinating. Matter. Also horrific. Mm-hmm. And makes me go every time you walk down a sidewalk and go, what was that? Is there an air conditioner up there? What if I've been hit by pee? Maybe it's a glassy wing sharpshooter. Even the name is cool. Did they give that the name beforehand or did some David Moyer turned scientist go, hey, you're making uh, fun as if you don't play with words (laughs) unacceptably. Oh, my God. You literally called this buzz off. Does this bug even buzz? (laughs) And it's not even a bee. I know. It was just, you know. (laughs) Just wordplay. Can't win them all. Just wordplay. Win them all. After you chastised David Moyer. (laughs) Okay. I'm up next with an oh wow corner. Oh yeah. Um, I sent this to Jessica way too late at night because I'm fascinated by it. But I think in my (laughs) mind I was like, oh, she'll probably show Alan. Like I shouldn't be texting Alan at eleven o'clock at night, but I can text. Please. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, this is from the goodnewsnetwork.org, which I think I've talked about before. It's just one of those mm-hmm. good news websites that we follow to get ideas for things to talk about and also just because it feels good. So it's from goodnewsnetwork.org. This was written by Andy Corbley. Four years after discovery, the first Viking ship burial found in over 100 years reveals its lost secrets. Now, I'm not going to read this entire article because it's a little bit long, but it's so fascinating. So when news broke in 2018 that another Viking age ship burial had been found on the shores of the Oslo Fjord, it quickly became one of the finds of the century. Compared to its truly legendary predecessors of the, I'm not going to say any of these right, so I'm going to pretend I can't pronounce it. Are you ready? The Gokstad and the Osberg ships, the newly found Gjelatstad ship, is not going to be mounted in a museum anytime soon. Most of the wood has disintegrated, but that hasn't stopped Norwegian archaeologists from figuring out a lot about what was going on from the time of the burial of the ship. So I don't know if people know this, but Vikings did bury their ships when they put them out of commission. Literally, they buried up like that was a almost like a ritual thing that they did. And may mention that here. Let's so cool. Excavations began in 2020 and concluded in October of 2021. Early on, it was clear that nothing like a ship could be removed from the earth, not only for the condition of the wood, but also the rivets. More than 1,300 of them linked the clinker built hull, but the iron flaked away at the slightest disturbance, requiring the excavators to move them in blocks of dirt for the CT scans. However, at the bottom of the central trench, the team found the ship's keel, which is the beam of the wood that sits underwater along the central spine of the ship. Viking Age boats are famous for having a shallow draft, in part because of their small keels. Um, that I, I don't want to teach you guys about ships. Anyway, tree ring analysis and carbon dating showed the wood for the keel was felled in the 700s, you guys. So cool. Meaning the ship probably saw action in between the late 8th century to the 10th century, prime time for Vikings in that part of the world. It was removed and preserved by immersing it in water-soluble wax called polyethylene glycol, which impregnates the archaeological wood samples found underwater or in sodden soil. Gradually, the wax takes the place of the water molecules, and after the wood is dried out, the wax forms a reinforcing part of the structure. That's so cool. I thought so that was cool. fascinating, too. Yes. Rivets on the ship were stored in blocks of dirt and plastic bags because they these represent the most important piece of data for what the researchers hope to do, which is digitally <laughs> reconstruct the ship. That'll be cool to see what it really truly so looks cool. like. As yet, no one has been found inside the ship burial, like bodies. But archaeologists believe that there's no question either some, uh, either someone is still inside waiting to be discovered or someone had been there but was moved. The latter is likely the truth because the summary of their findings reported on by National Geographic. The archi- archi- oh, God, Ollie, I'm so sorry. What the hell are you doing? I just put my foot on my cat. He was sound asleep and it scared him so bad he jumped up and hit his head on the top of the table. Oh. He's out cold again. Oh. He's so tired. He's out cold. He didn't even look at me. He jumped in his head and then went. (laughs) I am so sorry. Okay. Um. I'm going to tell you a little bit about ship burials and then we'll move on. 
Ship burials were the ultimate expression of power, and the ceremony of internment would have gone on for days, and it was very involved. While the grave itself continued as a center of communion with the dead, you can take an interactive journey through the history of the ship and its story. I'll put the um, mm-hmm. link in the in the notes, jalostadstory.no. It's a must for Viking enthusiasts. I do like a lot of Norse history and Viking things. So anyway, it's very, very cool. There's a lot more detailed information scientifically on what they did, but I want to show you the picture here. This is an illustration someone drew of what it looks, what it may have looked like. That's really neat. So that's the ship buried there. I will tell you, um, I grew up in Atlanta, but my dad and my stepmother and stepbrother were living in Florida um, at the time. And I mean, they're still there, but one of their neighbors on the street where my parents still live, uh, was a man named Ragnar and he was a descendant of Vikings and he built a Viking ship over the course of, I don't know how much time. And we were literally just talking about this thing. That's why when you sent the article, I'm like, Oh my God, how serendipitous he would let my stepbrother and like other kids in the neighborhood welcome them over. He was like that cool old man that was like, Oh yeah, sure. And everybody was so mesmerized. Ragnar was the coolest and we would love just going there and just staring at what he was doing. And he would explain and teach them. So these kids all got to work on the boat and then it was in a parade. Like he had it in like some local parade, which I remember my brother was in. Um, And then he launched the boat. Like they Definitely. actually had a laundry. It, it was such a freaking cool thing. Again, it's so small cool. compared to back then, but it could fit like four people. It was a fully functioning made by hand boat. But it's also a community experience. Like all those kids got to learn yes. and be educated and work together and help. And, and probably totally. I'm sure for some it's of fantastic. them, yes, for some of them, it probably did incite an interest in Norse and Viking history. You yep. know, Hey, Skull. Skull, did you say? Skull. Does that mean cheers? Cheers, yeah. Skull. When they were. Where's Alan when I Amazing. He knows. I don't know, but if he hears, he'll probably come running in with some kind of chalice made by. That he forged when he goes to the forgery. When he goes to the forgery and forges metal things. And you're still over here drooling over. Pedro Pascal. I ain't seen no articles about Pedro going to the forgery. Look at Dana's judgment. Maybe I'll have to buy you some forge time at Adam's Forge and let uh, Alan teach you how to make a bottle opener or something. Oh, my God. You know, you wouldn't see us again because we would talk too much. (laughs) We would be like this the whole time. And then our families would would be calling Dan Tipton going, where's Dana and Alan? And then you'd go to the forgery and we'd be passed out on the ground, but with amazing bottle openers. <laughs> Next to empty bottles, I'm sure. I don't know. Ah. I don't know. I can't drink anymore. We've talked about this. I rarely, if ever, drink. It's too hard on my old lady body. <laughs> I'm telling you, I think so many people our age are getting to that point. I think so, too. Quite frankly, a blessing, right? It is. It is. You know, we're not a political podcast, um, so I won't go too deep into this, but there's been a lot of uproar 
about a drag personality being on the cans of Budweiser. And let me just say, mm-hmm. I've seen so much uproar and y'all shooting up your beers and stuff. <laughs> and I just want to go on record. You can put me on record as saying, maybe y'all don't need to be drinking that much. And maybe this was a blessing in disguise for you. Amen. Moving on. I mean, if you got cases upon cases that you can put in your truck bed and shoot up, you need to save some money. Your body is, your liver's probably already failing. So this might be a blessing. Okay. The best part of that is that most of the things that people are then saying they're going to are also Also, in support of people's rights. I would go so uh, far as to say. 93% 93% of the things, like you might as well go home and set your whole house and all your possessions on uh-huh. fire because everyone is supportive of normal human rights at this point. Hey, sorry, except for you guys shooting up your beer. You look real dumb. Sorry. Well, you know, know what is encouraging? But this is like, don't, you know, don't even get me started on guns. Totally. Think, you know how much I hate guns. My whole family hates it or my whole family knows. But my family, I come from a place where people have guns. I'm not going to get into it, but I will say maybe y'all don't need to be drinking as much beer as I've seen shot up in the last week. Mm -hmm. Our bodies can't handle it. And a lot of these people are my age or older. And I'm like, I know how I feel after two cocktails on a Friday night the next day. Come on. Oh, my God. I may edit a little bit of that, but not much. Hilarious. Jessica, you're up first for raves. This is the good All part. All right. So this is so cute. We always love talking about anything that involves rescues yes. and helping animals that need a home. Yeah, so you and, can bring them home and then put your foot on them and scare them to death. So oh, they my God, head. like a footrest. <laughs> hit their head on the table underneath you while you're hosting a podcast. You can now adopt friendly pups who failed government training. Um, That makes me real happy. I'm sure this guy and his, look at him, Dana. I cannot. I was going to click on the link, but I'm glad you showed me. (laughs) That is too cute. You you can now adopt two friendly, T-O-O that is, pups who failed government training. Shelters aren't the only place that have dogs up for adoption. People looking to add a furry family member to their brood can adopt from the Transportation and Security Administration, the TSA. Mm -hmm. The program pairs dogs who haven't graduated from their training with families willing to provide a loving home to a larger dog. German short-haired pointers, German shepherds, Labrador retrievers, and Belgian malinoises are all breeds that are are most commonly used in drug detection. The most common reasons for a puppy not graduating include being too excitable or unable to keep up with the rigorous program they are required to complete. Mm -hmm. Much like dogs who don't graduate from seeing eye training, it is usually due to a lack of focus. I'm really sure there was no pun intended there. (laughs) The TSA has strict regulations that families must comply with to be able to adopt a dropout puppy who are usually between two and four years old. Families must have a fenced yard or garden, as well as be able to provide the correct medical care, exercise, training, and companionship. However, 
it's not just puppies who need adopting. There are also TSA retirees who need loving homes. According to We Are the Mighty, dogs who are retired out of active service because of illness or injury are homed with their handlers 90% of the time. However, it isn't always so. Before the introduction of Robbie's Law in 2000, it was common for older dogs to be euthanized after their years of service were over. No! I didn't know that. According to the Justice for Ted's website, as they were viewed as surplus equipment and weren't seen as having value beyond the military purpose for which they were trained. (laughs) The Adopt Don't Shop move. Movement has grown considerably in the last few years, with many celebrities backing charities who work to save dogs from high-kill shelters, as well as adopting their own canine companions instead of buying them. The TSA program has been so popular recently that they aren't currently accepting new applications, but keep an eye on the website for updates. Wow. Now, I don't know about, I mean, they're saying that, but also this is an article that just came out. So I don't know why they would necessarily be telling us that if there was no option. The point is, it's irrelevant. Um, adopt, don't shop. We're big proponents of that. Dana, all of her animals uh, were acquired that way. Yes, yes. And also, again, dogs being put out of commission. My sister-in-law adopted a senior sled dog. She was oh. incredible. Oh, Queenie, I loved her so much. Uh, another friend of mine adopted a retired greyhound that I was used for that racing. That, and that dog is the sweetest. <sighs> yes, they're giant and they think they're a chihuahua and sit in your lap like Clifford. So cute. It's crazy. So I just saw a video just keep that yesterday. in mind. Yeah, I just saw a video yesterday of um, a woman who went to see a dog. She's a rescuer. Mm-hmm. And the dog was supposed to be euthanized the next day. Mm. And it wasn't that old of a dog. I think it was like four or five, but it was a big mm. dog. It was a mixture of like pit bull and things like that. So people were scared mm-hmm. of it and it had severe kennel anxiety. So when anyone oh. came in, it went crazy. As soon as she opened that door and sat down, that dog laid on her. It just needed out of that cage. It just yeah, needed some love. of course. I don't know. I And that's not even a service dog. But to me, an animal that has committed their lives, not voluntarily, <laughs> to helping. A hundred percent. Why would you then go, your reward is death? I just cannot yeah. handle that. I know. I really love that. That's beautiful. I would say, yeah, nice. you're in the market. Look, just look. It never hurts to look. Right? Absolutely. See if there's available availability. Um, while we're on that subject, let me just show you this little snuff who just went right back to sleep on the box beneath. Hilarious. My 50 pound gorilla cat. That's <laughs> on the tiniest cardboard box for some reason. So you know, funny. if it fits, it sits. Okay. Let's move on to my rave. <clears throat> yes. My rave is at uh, the title of it is like a good neighbor. <laughs> Told you it was a song episode. <laughs> the air. Good job, Dana. Uh, okay, here we go. Farmer secretly steps in when neighbors struggle to pay for prescriptions. Amazing. This is from inspiremore.com. Um, in case you want to look at the, that website, tons of great beautiful Mm -hmm. information, stories, happy news, all kinds of stuff. 
This was written by yes. Talasia Calloway Appleton. Farmer secretly steps in when neighbors struggle to pay for prescriptions. How we are remembered once we're gone is important. Our legacies can live on forever. Thanks to his kindness to his community, the memory of one Alabama man will never be forgotten. When family members shared stories of their beloved father and uncle, Hody Childress, I love that name, Hody. Uh, during his funeral, they were in for a surprise. They learned a secret he had kept for years and saw just how special he was, not only to them, but to their whole town. Let me show you a picture of him, guys, so you have a face to put with this beautiful story. So he During the service, the family learned that Hody had been donating money to Geraldine Drugs for anyone who genuinely needed help paying for their prescriptions. He started making donations monthly about seven or eight years ago. Monthly, y'all. And wanted to remain anonymous. Brooke Walker, the pharmacy owner, said, quote, He told me he never wanted anyone to know where the money came from when it was given, Brooke said. He also didn't want to know how it was used. He told me to use my judgment. We always told the receiver, this is from someone that felt led by God to help another. And we left it at that. Over time, the secret fund grew to thousands of dollars and thus helped even more people in need. He was a man of modest means, remembers Brooke. Giving $100 a month was quite a gesture. I knew that helping people was in his heart. Eventually, there was enough money to help two people per month who lacked insurance or sufficient health benefits to cover their prescriptions. He helped two people a month. In late 2022, Hody's health changed due to his fight with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and other health problems. He sensed that he was approaching the end of his days here. Let me show you a picture. That's him. In his elder years. Come on. So cute. With it becoming harder to get around, he needed someone to take over his mission of delivering his folded up $100 bill to Geraldine Drugs. He entrusted the task to his daughter, Tanya. Tanya told Brooke that she was unaware of his actions all this time, saying, I was shocked. I had no idea that he was helping people at the drugstore. He told me he had been carrying a $100 bill to the pharmacist in Geraldine on the first of each month, and he didn't want to know who she helped with it. He just wanted to bless people with it. Oh, my God. Here's her and her dad. Come on. So sweet. Hody's kind heart definitely blessed a lot of people in his community. Brooke recalled a time when that secret fund was needed more than ever. His niece, Ashley Darnell Sargent, shared one of Brooke's memories on Facebook. There was once a young single mom. Her and her daughter both needed a medication that her insurance didn't cover. There were no alternatives. When I handed her the medication with the receipt attached, she started crying. That's not even the best part. Several months later, she returned to pay it forward. She wanted the money added back to the account. She didn't have to do that, Mm. nor did I want her to do that, but she had a desire to help others in difficult situations. I believe that Hody sparked that in her heart and that she will carry that forward her entire life. He was creating Mm -hmm. a ripple effect, and he didn't even realize it. Brooke said that many people he had helped often returned to pay it forward for someone else. They even offered to put money back into the fund in the spirit of giving continued. After his daughter shared her father's philanthropy at his funeral recently, news of his giving has spread and inspired his family, friends, and others to start contributing to his fund to allow it to continue as a community resource. Geraldine Drugs Pharmacist Heather Walker told us she could not think of a better way to honor Hody. 
There are so many people in Geraldine who have lived longer because of Hody. Hody was a true, humble servant who will always be loved. Hody died on New Year's Day, 2023. The 80-year-old who loved farming wore many hats. He was a U.S. Air Force veteran and had once worked for the aerospace company Lockheed Martin. He leaves behind his second wife, Martha Jo, two children, three stepchildren, 15 grandchildren, and many others. He also leaves behind a beautiful legacy of generosity. Share this story in honor of Hody and to celebrate the power of paying it forward. I'm about to cry. Like, I'm holding back Mm -hmm. tears because there were so many points in this article where I just got chills. That man, so he didn't do it for accolades. He did it to help people. He didn't need people to know that he was doing it. He saved at least two people's lives. And now he's going to save more because now it's a community endeavor. I think it's beautiful. Thank you, Hody. (laughs) I know. I just think it's amazing. It's also beautiful that it then inspires somebody to then keep it going, right? Yes. It's a community endeavor now. You could be really down on your luck and things could change in a week, a month, a year, in 10 years. Mm -hmm. But you will never forget when someone helped you. You won't. And then go back and try to do it for someone else. Because that's life-saving. People need these medications to stay alive and be healthy. They'll never forget it. They'll never forget it. It, I love it. I'm just going to shut up because we've talked so much already, but I, I, I really, really love that. Thank you so That's much. That's incredible. Yes. Jessica. Dana. I think that's our show. I think it is. Oh, my goodness. Do you want to tell people how to get a hold of us while I pull up a point to ponder? Sure do. You guys, uh, please continue the conversation with us on Instagram and Facebook at the Rants and Raves podcast. You can find us on TikTok at the Rants and Raves P, our YouTube channel, the Rants and Raves podcast. You can send us an email at the Rants and Raves podcast at gmail.com. You can always go to the contact button on our website, www.therantsandravespodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for those who have been subscribing. Thank you for those who keep following us and engaging on all of our platforms. Our numbers have really been starting to grow, and we thank all of you, old and new. We have our old school OG, amazing people that are still with us four years in. We love you. And all of these newcomers, welcome, welcome, welcome to our community. We're so happy to have you here. And uh, this is a joy. Dana and I were talking about this. This is a true joy that we get to do this. We feel lucky to be able to be with each other each week and do this. And for all of the relationships that we've formed with people that we've never that we've even never met, met before met. in a lot of yes. cases. Yes. Who we so, feel like we know. <laughs> yes. yes. It's amazing. Yeah. And... Uh, one more thing to throw out. We will be meeting our friend Jill coming down oh, from Canada, hopefully. Uh, we have one of our OG listeners coming down from Canada for our live taping at State College yes. for the Happy Valley Improv Festival. And we cannot so wait. Excited. And we will tell y'all again, definitely come check us out. If you are anywhere in the vicinity, the Happy Valley Improv Festival is May 18th through 21st. Dana and I will be performing on Saturday night, uh, performing. We will be having a live taping of our podcast. A live taping of our podcast. 
And I'm teaching a workshop. Come on if out. If you've ever wanted to hear me talk more. Yes. <laughs> also, even if you're not an actor or an improviser, that's one of the amazing things about improv. People do it around the world, and many of them are not actors at all, or they might be, but they're not pursuing it as their career. They do it as a hobby. They still love it. A lot of writers, a lot of people in business, a lot of people that have to do a lot of public speaking come out and learn some tricks of the trade and have some fun with Dana. And then with both of us at our show, we would absolutely love to see you. Happy Valley Improv Festival, State College, Pennsylvania. Yay! Also, I would just like to personally say real quick, a lot of people reached out to us about the towels. I just want to thank you guys so much. Uh, People really validated me and my feelings and Mm -hmm. said they can relate and recommended some bath sheets, uh, shared some personal, some people shared some personal stories that I was like, I get it. I get it. And they, Mm -hmm. and they were painful. Um, so anyway, thank you guys so much for, for, uh, providing feedback to me that maybe haven't, I'm not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Jessica, do you need to share anything real quick before I get to the point to ponder? No, I don't think I do either. I'm not really watching or doing anything special, but there's some scary movies coming out soon. So be on the lookout. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For my. For my for Team Dana, be on the lookout. Jessica doesn't like horror. Okay, so I like to give everybody a point to ponder for the week. This week, I'm mm-hmm. going to give you seven points to ponder. I'll read through them real quick. Oh. I think they're fabulous. I got these from, don't laugh at me, I got them from Mel Robbins. I know some people roll their eyes at like positive uh, motivational speakers and stuff, but she's got mm-hmm. some good tips sometimes, so I have no shame. Okay. Y'all know me. I love self-help. So, The first thing. Okay. Ready? Think about these things this week. If you have a chance and you're listening to this, just jot something down if it resonates with you. Okay. No one is coming to change your life. Okay. That's the first one. First one. And then she says, and six more truths you need to hear. Number one, your dreams are your responsibility. If you are waiting for somebody to give you permission or to discover you, or to pick you, I've got news for you. No one is coming. Okay? Number two, you need to kick your own ass. Stop waiting for the perfect time, the perfect plan, the perfect moment. What you need is to kick your own ass. The universe rewards people who take risks, not those who are playing it safe. So if you want to change your life, you need to be the hero of your story. Okay? Number three, you don't need permission. You need to take action. Here's the truth. The people in life that get what they want are the ones that aren't waiting for an external force to validate their dreams, to inspire them, or to give them permission. It's the people that realize that success, happiness, and control comes from an internal force which is you. Number four, if you don't feel ready, do it anyway. I am a huge proponent of this. A mutual friend of ours, Arden Marine, who's an actress, you might know her. She has a podcast as well about The Bachelorette. 
the rose, I think it's called. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, she used to say, if something scares you, like plan it, and then you don't have a choice to run. So she decided she wanted to do a show. She would rent and pay for a theater space at a certain date without having anything written because she just was terrified of it and just had to do it anyway. Right? Yep. If you don't feel ready, totally. do it anyway. Number five, big changes happen with small daily actions. Do one thing mm-hmm. that moves you in the direction of your dreams. Make the call. Sign up for the class. Send the mm-hmm. email. Quit the job. Mm-hmm. Sign the lease. Take the jump. Break up for real this time. Okay. Number six, if you're outside your comfort zone, you are doing it right. This is a big one. Uh, I was raised in the Midwest and people are very much about mm-hmm. routine and staying in their comfort zone and what they know. That's why they don't like to travel a ton. You know, like that's just how mm-hmm. I was raised. And everything that you and I do in the entertainment industry is constant outside of your comfort zone. You right. rarely ever go to the same job every day. If you do, you're not going to the same location every day. Like everything is mm-hmm. so, so not routine. And that used to really be hard for me. Well, now I do believe that. Like if I'm not in my comfort zone, it's because I'm learning something new. It's because I'm in a newer position I've never experienced before. It's many plethora of reasons. But the fact of the matter is if you feel uncomfortable, try to switch your perspective and go, yeah, but that just means I'm doing it right. Mm -hmm. Something's new. I'm growing. I'm learning. I'm progressing. I'm taking proactive action in my life. Anyway, now I sound like a motivational speaker. Obviously, if you listen to us enough, you know I'm not. Um, But I just thought those were really, really, really great. Let me give you one more. Yes. Number seven, repeat. If you want to see things change, you have to do the work to change those things. No Mm -hmm. one is coming to discover you, to find you, to date you, or to rescue you. Because your life is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. I love you, Jessica. Very well said. I love you and thank you for And you know what? That. I'm proud of you because this podcast is a result of both of us stepping outside our comfort yes. zones, taking, Absolutely. taking ownership of our own lives and what we want to do with entertainment, what kind of message we yes. want to, we want to put out there who we want to be as human beings. We are growing along with everyone else that listens to us. So Jessica, I'm proud exactly. of you. Exactly. I'm proud of you, my friend. You learned a new program. Thank this week, you. A hard AI I program. So good for you. Well, I'm thank you. And thank you for pushing me in that direction. You're welcome. We'll just keep on pushing. You may want to push back Indeed. sometimes, but. I'll keep on pushing. I'm a pushy bitch. <laughs> well, hey, I did push back. And Dana's like, great. It's not going away. So, uh, and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. She's right. <laughs> it's not, y'all. Hilarious. I love you, Jessica. I love you. Have a wonderful week. And uh, same to all of you listeners. We love you. And we'll see you next time. We'll be back next time. Bye.